Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. And I am not crazy. I'm dating a supermodel zoologist who I stole away from a professional football player and she is off to the Galapagos Islands to artificially inseminate iguanas. (laughs) Thank you, Steve. (laughs) Perfect introduction for this week's episode, which is, of course, season five, episode one, Frasier's imaginary friend, in which a holiday dalliance with a supermodel zoologist, as Steve has kindly (laughs) pointed out to us, leaves Frasier's family in disbelief. Now, Steve, do you or have you ever owned a dressing gown? And has a member of your family ever had to cinch you up during a particularly manic episode do you know what i have probably owned a dressing gown i think have we discussed dressing gowns before i, I think, think we have actually i think I, we may have discussed i try to ask you original questions and... every week and then i realize actually we talk about a very similar things do you know what i um i was walking around at work today and i was thinking will always ask me a question there's three questions i was dreading one have you ever dated a supermodel which is obviously going to be disappointing me no i was going to ask this actually <laughs> have you ever <laughs> dated a zoologist <laughs> Have you ever artificially inseminated iguanas? (laughs) And three, have you ever woke up one morning and thought, I need to take a picture of my girlfriend in bed with this old camera? Oh, no, it doesn't make a winding noise, which also is thankfully, you'll be pleased to know, is no. (laughs) I'm extraordinarily pleased to hear the answer is no, um, particularly on the last count there, um, which we're going to get to, Fraser's insane (laughs) antics in this episode. Um, But yeah, um, before we get into review, shall we jump over to Trivia Corner? Uh, yeah, let's hop on a plane to Acapulco and do Trivia Corner south of the border, as they say. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we have been sent our first batch of Trivia Corner questions for for season five, which is uh, very exciting indeed. Um, I'm going to begin with Cam Winston's for you, Steve, our boy Hammy, who was sadly unable to join us for the live episode, though he, he does send some apologies in his listener mail. Not that he has to apologise for anything. Question numero uno. Kelly Easterbrook features heavily in my Hammy's History competition on Fraser Fan Club to find out Fraser's most popular love interest. Recently, she was knocked out in the semi-finals. Who beat her? And bonus point, if you can pick the score, the score being how many votes for and votes against. Oh, dear God, as Fraser would say. And there um, is nothing I can kind of give you in terms of clues here, like that the women don't really look the same. I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, I can guess that I know that Officer Nasty has been knocked out. I know that I think Reagan Shaw's been knocked out. And they rest in peace. Yeah, I could I could go through a hell of a list. Do you know what? It's, right, it's a semi-final. So Kelly, we're talk- and Kelly got beaten. Kelly got beaten, so we're really talking about, you know, a top three popular love interest. I am going to guess, this isn't my final answer, I'm going to guess either Roz or Lilith, because I think they're going to be very high up Mm -hmm. if Nanny G's not out there. God. I am going to gamble with Lilith. Oh, Steve, you've got it! (laughs) No you way. got it. It was no way. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Said, Does anyone know a Wiwith? <laughs> a Wiwith. Um, okay, so to, to make this a little bit easier for you for the vote. So in total, I think judging from the scores here, there were 73 total votes. Right. How many do you think Lilith got out of 73? To beat Kelly. Mm-hmm. This is a little bonus point. I think the fact you got Lilith. I reckon. Kudos. I don't know. I reckon Lilith wiped the floor with her. I reckon she got 65. 
Mm, well, uh, surprisingly, a little bit less, 51 yeah. to 22. That's um, probably quite fair. Still relatively conclusive there. Um, Lilith's always going to win. She's a popular, popular woman, and for good <laughs> reason. Um, Kelly, you know, interesting in this episode, but doesn't do doesn't do too much to make us kind of think about her again. Um, question two, Steve. After Frazier claims he didn't go to Mexico to be, quote, hit on more times than a piñata, <laughs> what is Ross's sarcastic response? Um, this does ring a bell, actually. Oh, this is the reason he says he goes there, isn't it? Or no, she, yeah. the reason she, she says. says it, yeah. Of course, you went to. Um, You're on the right lines here. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, but that's about it. She went. He went to. He went to. There's. I know there is a line that I've just used part of, which is "get action south of the border." But I don't think that's what it is. But that's that's going to be my guess. I think he went south of the border to get some action, but I don't know. Ros's sarcastic response is actually, "Oh yeah, right. You wanted to hear the Alcapulco Philharmonic, oh. um, a classic zinger." Um, for yeah, those who for those who've been listening since season one, they will remember our Zinger of the Week segment, which I believe Corey um, first coined. That has got to be up there for this week's episode. Question three, last one from Hammy. What is the name of the magazine Frasier is reading on the flight when he meets Kelly? I did take note of this. It's Sophisticate. Oh my god! Yeah, it is. It uh, is Sophisticate, Sophisticate, whatever. Because- I've learned from doing Trivia Corner, look at everything. <laughs> look at everything. Look at everything. Someone's going to pick it out. Um, that Honestly, what a trio of questions there from Hammy. Some really, really strong start to the season. Very good. Um, trivia from little Bobby Briscoe, who, of course, we met at the live episode. On the plane, Fraser is moving into the middle seat in the row with the eavesdropping woman who invited him to join them. Another gentleman is simultaneously moving into a centre seat in another row behind them. How many rows back is the other gentleman? This is a real visual one. First of all, I'd like to say thanks to little Bobby Briscoe for becoming part of the quiz quiz team and obviously for being part of uh, the live episode. It was lovely to meet him. What a lovely It was guy. indeed. It was indeed. And, um, we had a lot of fun. Um, anyway, on from that. How many rows back is the man who is simultaneously moving into a centre seat? It can't be many because you can see him. I don't know. Three. Oh, you are one <laughs> row out, as they would say on Popmaster. Two, two oh. rows behind them. Trivia from Father Mike. At which restaurant is Fraser eating caviar and what wine is Fraser drinking with it? The wine is, is it like Pui Fusse, Pui Frusse? Exactly, exactly that. And is it Le Chante? Le Ch- it's, it's a Le something. I'm going with Le Chante. I, d- I don't know. That's as close as you could possibly get of a guess. It's Le Scalier, oh. which I, I actually believe translates to like the staircase or the stairs. Um, if well, some- Le, Le Chante would have sounded like, I suppose, the entrance. <laughs> the like entrance. I am. Um, I mean, someone correct me there. I haven't really. I don't want to Google it while we're in the middle of trivia corner, but I'm fairly certain Escalier is something to do with staircase oh, in, in French. It? It, it, yeah. Yeah, you kind of got the, the scale, like, you know, to yeah. scale, to climb. Trivia from Finkelman, delighted. How long will Kelly be away inseminating iguanas? I believe it's two months. It is two yeah. months. Very good. A very good showing there in Trivia Corner, Steve. I think you've done some really good stuff. Um, a cracking batch of questions for, to get us going. Do you want to hit me with yours? Right. So 
I have, I think I have three. Um, number one is Kelly is breaking up with a boyfriend. What sports team does he play for? One to say it's the Seahawks. Correct. Yes. Okay. I thought I was going to talk myself out of that. What a great start to season five you're having. I know, baby. 100% done. (laughs) Um, Question number two. Mm -hmm. Frazier used to write letters to himself from Leonard Bernstein. What gave it away to Niles that it wasn't Bernstein writing the letters? Oh, man. Oh, I can remember the line. It's something about their debut. It is. Is it their debut, like on not on Broadway? Was it their de- your Broadway yeah. debut? So what um, did you say it was, and what was it actually, which gave it away tonight? Oh my god, <laughs> I'm 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 not going to be able to remember this. I just I can just remember it's the debut. This is a fantastic. What I can give you is that Kelsey Grammer has appeared, I believe, has appeared in London in the one he says it was. My Fair Lady is that one of them? It's no, not. you're going to have to tell me. He said the debut was Candide, when, of course, everybody knows it's on the town. On the town. Oh, my God. That's a cracking question, because that was they were really on the tip of my tongue. I'll throw you a bonus if you can tell you what Martin says helped him work it out. <laughs> the, the oh, the, the, um, something like the... I can't remember the word specifically. He's basically saying like the, the childish scrawl or... Yeah, sloppy um, kid lettering. Sloppy kid lettering. <laughs> that's it. That's a great um, oratory. Question number three is going to be quite difficult and I feel bad because I think was it Bobby Briscoe that mentioned in the live episode that the questions I throw at you are a little bit worse than oh yeah he did notice the yeah that I, I've got a better well, hit rate um this he's going to notice even more then so all five season openers have been directed by what the Frasier production team etc would class as family and I use air quotes with family as in people that are very closely connected to the show they wouldn't have used yeah. a guest a guest director to open a season. Out of the five episodes, there's three directors. Can you name them? Holy hell, I definitely can't. I'll take a take a guess. Is James Burroughs one of them? James Burroughs did season one, The Good Son, and season two, Slow, T- Slow Tango in South Seattle. Okay, I've got James Burroughs. Um, I'm wondering if any of the, you know, the, the KACL initial, you know, people were there yes. one of them is one of the original creators i'm which one of them directs <laughs> i'm gonna go with david angel it's not i'm afraid ah, is it christopher lloyd it's david lee david lee the other one the other <laughs> one damn it man and then i'm not even gonna be he, able to get the well, he, he did two mrs cranes and he did imaginary friend which is this do you want to have a guess? Complete stab in the dark for season three. And it's it's someone who isn't known for directing Frasier. He actually comes from the Cheers family, if that helps. So he is oh. closely directed, uh, closely connected, but from the past for their family if, as such. Oh, man. I, would, I wouldn't know this, to be honest. I My knowledge is so bad with like production names and, and the credits of these shows, which is, is, is speaks volumes about the level of research I do, evidently. But you're going to have to tell me. It's... Philip Charles Mackenzie. Wow. I don't see that doesn't even ring a bell like seeing it in the credits. Um, I've actually just... just got to check what I've just said to you quickly because I need to see something. Uh, oh, hold okay. on. No, you check away, Steve. I've no, been... I think I've written down a name that makes absolutely no sense. 
I'll be interested while Steve looks this up to, to, to get from listeners. Um, how observant are you of like who directs, who writes episodes? You know, do you look at the the credits before and after? Um, do you kind of look for? I know Joe Keenan's an obvious choice. Um, are there particular people associated with the show behind the scenes that you seek out um, when you just kind of think you're going to throw an episode on? Do you think, oh, I know that one's directed no, by? I can confirm it was correct. I want to make sure I had David Lee right. That was all. I don't know why I'd suddenly... No, no, no. Christopher Lloyd, I suddenly got David Lloyd in my head. And I went, oh, crap, have I written down the wrong thing? <laughs> I haven't. No, not at all. Yet. Not at all. And uh, no, yeah, no. and listeners get in touch and, and, and answer those cues. But yeah, Steve, right. do you have another as a third? No, that, uh, that was three. That was oh, sorry. Three. I'd never remember. I'm so bad. Um, But thank you, Steve. There's some crap no, no, questions. Well done. Well played. Um. So let's have the final batch for this episode. Let's begin with MK, our, our beautiful Corey. What day of the week is it when Fraser wakes up in Mexico with Kelly? Love this. This is such a Corey question. I love this. I'm going to gamble. I dread to think how Corey worked it out, as it said. I'm going to gamble with Sunday because I believe they say he's gone away for the weekend. So if he stayed a night, Unless he travelled Friday and he woke up Saturday. Shit. <laughs> what are you going to say, Sunday. Stephen? Sunday, I'm going with Sunday. Sunday is correct. <laughs> Sunday, because Frazier says later, quote, it was just Saturday night. I was so, going with, my theory behind it is, did he pick Laura up on the Friday, therefore he went away on the Saturday, so therefore mm. he spent Saturday night with Kelly, therefore woke up Sunday morning with Kelly. It doesn't matter well, how you got there. It doesn't matter how you got there. You got it, and that's very impressive. At what bastion of higher education is Kelly pursuing her PhD? I would presume this is a good university in Washington. The I will I'll stop you right there. It's the University of Washington. Yeah, so I, that's I mean, good enough for me. Seattle. That's the best guess I can think of. That she's that's local good enough for that. me. University of Washington, good question. What are Niles, Daphne, and Martin? Oh, sorry, where are Niles, Daphne, and Martin going when they run into Frasier at Nervosa? Yeah, that's a Buster Keaton retrospective because I, I, re- I thought it was a really strange thing. So I actually remembered that because I thought it was a bit odd that Niles would even be interested in that, let alone anyone else. So yeah, I completely missed this and I completely agree. Um, it's almost, I almost can't see any of them liking Buster Keaton. Like for Martin, it's maybe he's maybe too old and too kind of hammy for Daphne she's probably not really have any idea who he is after Keaton British uh I wanted to say he was American but I've got uh, let me you know he was he was American um so yeah no idea but and then Niles I don't know he you know they like classic cinema but then it's Buster Keaton highbrow lowbrow in their eyes who knows but um yeah Buster Keaton, Rich. Well done for getting that. Trivia from Run for Your Life. Um, I think I think Run for Your Life. No, Little Owlet in the Glen is Rachel. Run for Your Life is Amy. Which Alfred Hitchcock films are referenced in this episode as title cards? There are four in total, one of which is slightly edited for the purposes of the plot. I'm a big Hitchcock fan, so I did notice. Uh, the first one, I believe, is Strangers on a Plane adapted from strangers on a train which is a great movie right you are the lady vanishes correct this what there's one that's i think maybe hard to get i wouldn't even have noticed without a doubt you're so close it's shadow of a doubt so yeah you've you've basically got that the fourth one of course is (laughs) psycho psycho 
I love Psycho. I think Psycho yeah, is incredible. Actually, do you know what? Actually, the remake with Christopher Reeve's quite good. Oh, really? I didn't because they they remade it even again with Vince Vaughn in. Yeah, I mean, I, no. What am I talking about? Rear Window was remade with. Christopher ah, Reeve. Rear Window. I take it back. Uh, Rear Window is good. Well, well, yeah. So that's another one of my favourites. The reason I said about the Christopher Reeve thing is it's going to sound horrible and a bit mean in a way. I was dating a girl once who said he played someone in a wheelchair very well. She had no idea that he'd had the horse accident. Oh. I mean, obviously, Superman was then paraplegic, wasn't he? He uh, So Christopher Reeve, I believe, actually acted in Rear Window in a wheelchair as himself. Really? Because yeah. I thought... I- I didn't. I I wasn't sure what functionality he had after this. Yeah, I, I believe he was made very much disabled from the horse accident. Oh no! I I, I realized. I thought he was so kind of you know was was, oh, re- um, was rendered so disabled that he wasn't able to kind of do anything. But, but maybe I didn't know that. That's very interesting. If um, not, that's a horrible twist of fate. If you played someone in a wheelchair and then well, that, yeah, that's what I was thinking when wheelchair. you initially said that. But um, yeah. I, well, I had a feeling he acted it out in a wheelchair as one of his last films, but I could be completely wrong. Maybe I've, I haven't seen the film for 15, maybe longer years. So, I mean, I've, no, I'm sure someone listening will. a good uh, remake, and you're right. Vince Vaughn in Psycho is actually a fantastic movie. For Gus, a, a Gus Van Sant, did, didn't he? He directed it. I might have yeah. mispronounced that. It's, it's, I don't know what, there's a word for it, but it's like a shot for, sh- maybe that is the word, a shot for shot remake, i.e. Yeah. they recreate every shot. Um, and sometimes... Enough, People love that. Sometimes they don't, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, oddly enough, I think Psycho is the first uh, video or showing in a cinema of a toilet. It's the first filming of a toilet. Ever. Or is it, is it the first of a toilet flushing? Am I making that something, up? Yeah, no, it's something like that. Yeah, I 1960, think... black and white, and there it is, the first shot ever of a toilet being in. Yeah, a... like the audio of it flushing was the, that yeah. was the first time it was used, I think. Um, it's a weird, random Hitchcock fact. I thought I'd throw in a Fraser podcast. No, no, I, I've loved that. That was on a quiz show I watched recently, I think. Uh, finally, for this week's trivia from Niall Crane, in Fraser's bedroom when he wakes up, how many books do we see on the counter behind his bed, and who is the author of one of them? I'm assuming oh. I'm assuming one of them, the authors, is, is visible and, and not on the other. Um, Not a clue, so I'm going to say four and Sigmund Freud. <laughs> it's a good guess. Um, it's it's actually it's less. It's two books, and one of them is Nathaniel Hawthorne. So perhaps it's was he the Scarlet Letter? I think. Um, I don't know. You're, remind me again what you do for a living, Will. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look it up. The Scarlet Letter was indeed Nathaniel Hawthorne. There we go. So it's probably the Scarlet Letter behind him. Uh, thank you, everyone, so much. And thank you, Steve, for your trivia this week. Um, Thanks, for everyone, for the great questions as always. Really missed, kind of, well, we've missed doing the podcast, but I've, I've missed Trivia Corner a lot. Um, let's get into the review, Steve. Yes. Uh, no, wait, before we get into the review, I believe some, some very excellent listeners have been in touch with you with some stats, fun bits, other oh, yeah, kind of uh, great mis, you know, misc stuff that we want to share. I've heard from uh, the amazing Michael, who goes under the name of Father Mike for Trivia. Notre Dame, Notre Dame. So he's decided, alongside your originally inspiring coffee can, which I've now obviously got up to date for us. And well, the, the coffee can I came up with and dropped the ball on, and you have salvaged from, well, the, from the coffee grounds. As the ball is back. We've the got a bit of, um, we've got a bit of, what's his name, special blend. Uh, <laughs> what's, his, what's his name? Eric, Eric, Eric the Red. 
Eric, 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 must everything be about Eric? <laughs> um, so Michael's been in touch, or Father Mike, as we now call him, has been in touch. And he's written with a update of his wine count. So he started mm. season one, which he has now binge watched. He's been in contact quite a lot. So I shall read quickly that basically he's done an update regarding season one. And he says it contains the major points. You don't need to read the whole thing. Well, Mike, we're going to. We're going to, brother. It says, Corkmasters, members of the podcast cabinet, esteemed brothers and sisters, here is a brief update on a wine sheet I'm working on, only having done season one at the moment. My personal interest in this is primarily to summarise what wines are featured in the show. So in season one, I'm only counting Fraser, Niles, Daphne and Martin, main characters like we did with Coffee. He hasn't written Roz, but I presume, I don't actually think Roz actually drinks much wine at all, but yeah, sure we'll come to that when she does. In total for season one, there is 27 occasions where wine is being drunk, including sherry and champagne. 27 mm. is also supposed to be a lucky number, signifying new life in a new chapter. He thinks that suits season one perfectly, which is a new chapter in Fraser's life. So that, That's a lovely it. observation. That's brilliant. Um, I'm not sure if this is of interest. It is not my personal main point of interest, but there should be 42 glasses of wine depicted being drunk in season one. Very few episodes show refills or several glasses being drunk by the same person, although there are exceptions. A couple of episodes were really sneaky, featuring no wine until the actual ending credits. Some episodes had no wine whatsoever. Others had cocktails. Mm. As for sherry, out of 42 glasses of wine, 19 were sherry, which hits 45%. Looking at Fraser's individually, 57% of his wines in season one were sherry. Currently fine-tuning the sheet and about to start season two now. Regards, Father Mike. Absolutely incredible. The fact that we have people out there <laughs> who not only listen to this podcast, but who are willing to put the time and effort into stats like that. That's just, I mean, we, we love hearing that. The people that listen to this podcast just dine on those kinds of stats and trivia, don't they? It is brilliant. It is brilliant. Mm. Unfortunately, my coffee can is not going to be to the same standard. In season one, we had 34. In season two, we had 30. In season three, we had 44, including six takeouts. Wow. In season four, 34. And today we see season five with one. So a grand total now of coffees consumed at or taken from Nivosa, 143. Amazing. And also, oh. that, that <laughs> deserves all of its kudos, Steve. And also, remarkably consistent there. Was that like four of the seasons had were in the 30s and then three was, or was it season four was quite high Se in the 40s? Season, season three hits 44, but only yeah. in the six takeout cups. That I so think remarkable consistency off. there. Yeah. yeah. Really consistent. Yeah, around 30 35 per season which is I, I mean stupidly i think maybe the consistency kind of points to the fact that maybe there's something to counting it maybe you know it's not just like a frivolous thing they really are there all the time why wouldn't we yeah. statify this this thing um but yeah love that thank you Stan. thank you father mike You're and li if anyone listening if, I, if they have any kind of you know burning desire to further statify <laughs> the show they're, they're, I mean, we can start how many times they wear suits, which is to say, well, pretty much all the time, but <laughs> every episode. Um, but yeah, there's probably stuff out there that we haven't we haven't got to yet. And just get in touch if you want to do that. Uh, Animation Watch, Steve, what was it this week? Please. Once again, I believe, I think we've seen this before, fireworks. We have, we've discussed the, uh, this. I think we quite like this one. Um, a little pop of colour. We like it. We like it a lot. Oh. Um, we get the Strangers on a plane. Now, you say you've seen Strangers on a Train. I've not. But I, I have a long, feeling I'd like it. Oh, it's yeah, it's a kind of like, a, is it like a bottle film? It all takes place on the train? I believe so, from my memory. I mean, I haven't seen it in ages. I've got it on DVD. Um, I've got a bit of a Hitchcock collection, so I've got that. 
um, North by Northwest, uh, Dial M for Martin, <laughs> obviously Dial M for Murder. Classic. Um, it's clear uh, It's clear from going off on one a bit here with the four um, title, title cards. Yeah. Clearly, the Fraser writers did appreciate Hitchcock and his work because these mm-hmm. aren't the only times that they've mentioned Hitchcock movies. Yeah, so they, true. You know, they're, they're stitched into a few with different title cards or like I say, Dial M for Murder, Dial M for Martin, which is one of my favourite films. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I can't actually remember Strangers on a Plane. I'll tell you one thing. I'd love to have seen a bottle episode on the plane for the imaginary friend. I think I would have loved that. When he gets on this plane, they could have done a whole 24 minutes on the plane. Oh. Slightly there. <laughs> just honestly that i absolutely love that i just yeah i just i don't know what it is about the the kind of plane as a setting it's quite a cozy intimate space you're kind of naturally you have to kind of naturally make conversation you don't you don't have to but in a show you make conversation with the people that are around you it's it's kind of a bizarrely depopulated plane and that the air hostess comments on this but obviously it's like oh, that yeah. just for production yeah i mean i, I presume it's not a real plane Oh, of course, of course. I'm just mean, yeah. Like in the in the world of the show, it's very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, yeah, I thought about that today. I thought a bottle episode, just him on the plane, would that have been interesting? Then when you know a slight snippet at the end when he gets back and tries to explain to Daphne and Mars, etc., exactly what happened. But 24 minutes of him making excuses and moving around the plane and having awkward conversations and chatting up people he can't get away from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He can move two rows back. Is it two rows back that Father Mike said? Um, not Father Mike, sorry, Bobby Briscoe. Um, yeah, you know, he could move two rows back or one to the side or, you know, get into first class, although by the looks of things, he's flying coach. He does, Kelsey looks very uncomfortable in the size seats there are there. He looks, he looks like a fairy tale giant in comparison to that. He does, bike. he does. And I'm, I'm thinking like the, the elements of the plot here, they are translatable to the plane. So he, he hits it off with Kelly, say they, they, you know, they want to take their relationship somewhere on the plane where they can yeah. be alone together. Then she falls asleep next to him. He tries to take a picture of her asleep on his shoulder. She wakes up, freaks out. Obviously he looks like a creep on the plane rather than just, you know, in front yeah, of his yeah, family. Yeah. I think all the elements work. Um, I just think it could really have been something. Maybe in the upcoming reboot, there's a uh, Maybe. what happens going on the flight to Chicago. <laughs> or whenever I pull my finger out and write this lost season of episodes, of which I've only written one script, um, you know. Oh, full credit for the plain bottle episode. You will get full credit, Steve. You will be on the title <laughs> card. Uh, I mean, we've kind of already touched on this, but we, we really pick up where we left off at the end of season, of season four, both literally and thematically Frasier is horny and hoping for a bumpy ride um yeah, I, I did actually write down i'm hoping for a bumpy ride, bumpy ride. <laughs> um you know if there's turbulence i might hold on to you for dear life um just classic classic like repartee um this is good banter as they would say um the the way the woman delivers the only reason you're on this plane is because of me Thank God she switches seats because this is Frasier has not acted like a normal human being here I find Kelsey portraying Frasier in this episode becomes the, I don't even know what the word is, just just he actually humanises the word sleaze. Sleaze, cringe, sleaze, creep. Everything he says, and I won't try and use too many of the phrases because they're going to come up later on. I mean, you've got the, what do you think of me now? It was like the James Mason, your impression of me before. I'm hoping for a bumpy ride. Bumpy ride. When when she says, I'm I'm jumping ahead a little bit, when she says, you're interested in seeing more of me, he goes, there's more. There's more. 
everything is said with that. It's like a Roger Moore. Yeah, everything is said with that kind of strange, kind of creepy, (laughs) his thighs kind of speech every single time. It's like, Kelsey, we know you're horny. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 24 minutes of literally watching him latch onto every woman's corner. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, like, Frazier has more self-awareness than this. And although we know he is sometimes slave to his libido, not in like a bulldog way. He's still high functioning. He's classy. He doesn't need to be as sleazy as, as, as he is in this episode. And he really dives is he in. quite like bulldog in this one? Because I, I, I don't think he's a mile apart, no. No, but I mean, we, we've just seen him in season four in, in Odd Man Out. We've seen him end with Laura being romantic and being classy and having the, is it the uh, brandy or whatever they are, or the sherry yeah. at the airport bar. And as soon as he meets this other woman, yeah, okay, it's exciting to jump on the plane and maybe meet her down there, but literally getting on the plane, trying to sit next to her, booking the same hotel in the same town and everything, you're trying too hard. He didn't need to do that. He could have said, oh, I'm staying there. Quit it. Done. Yeah. Stop saying kismet and just just get there. Knock it on the head, yeah. Instead, goes over the top to say how lucky it is that he's there because everything's perfect. She might not be interested in him at all. So we we have now Frasier kind of moving to to Felicity behind, um, and the great reveal of her husband David. Um, it's just <laughs> like, the way he shakes his hand. He just looks so <laughs> pissed off. He's like, you know, why are you actively flirting with my with my wife here? Um, why she allows him to come and sit there? I what I just don't understand. It's just and why she feels the need to comment on it as well. I think. If you're on holiday and there's three seats, I mean, say you and your other half are on holiday and you're going on the plane and they go, there's a spare seat. Would you sit next to each other and put a bag on the third seat that's on the aisle? Would you have more foot room in the aisle or would you sit window and aisle and leave a gap in the middle and go, we can put our drinks here, our coat. We can have, I don't know. We can invite a strange man. We can get a random guy that looks horny as hell to come and sit between <laughs> us, and then I can tell him, by the way, this is my husband. Perfectly normal. <laughs> Honestly, it's just, yeah, the, the, this is the way this is played for last with the husband really gets me. Um, and we now have like the meet cute with, with Kelly, as it were, you know, she's like, yes, it's me when he's looking at the magazine and he eventually switched seats. Uh, and we have the, you know, the air stewardess saying, you know, there's a lot of vacant seats, which there, there really is. She's like, oh, the plane's unusually quiet or unusually empty. Um, you know, I'm not sure why that needs to be said. Is it just so it, it, us, us at home are like, oh, it's not packed? And, uh, yeah, obviously, there's got to be a reason he can move seats and have stitched that in there to explain my only theory. Why he can move is, so freely, yeah. Yeah, my only theory is that there's a lot of vacant seats because he, he was going to pick Laura up quite late in the evening. How many people fly at night to Acapulco? Is it mm. that common? Do you know, do you need a night flight? You're going to book into your hotel at 11 p.m., especially if you're a supermodel. Do you know what I mean? Is that the only flight you can get? Do all the attractive yeah. women only fly at night or with their husband, David? Do you know what I mean? It's... Mm. The meters don't run at night and neither do you. <laughs> like... I've used that so many times recently. <laughs> the flights don't run at night to Alcaborgo and neither do you. Um, a model and a scholar. This is the part where I normally wake up. <laughs> That's actually a pretty normal Fraser line. He's not going to, he's not leaning into it too hard there. Um, and wake up, he does. And he's great in transition. I mean, it's a great transition. And he's brilliant. he's in bed with Kelly. Um, do we think they're at her hotel, his hotel? hotel? I mean, well, he his... didn't have anything booked, did he? So it's got to be her room. 
Ah, very true, very true. No booking. So no booking. Nothing, they've, he's, uh, he's not even a toothbrush, did he? Not, not even a toothbrush. Of Niles says. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they've they've spent the night together. Um, Frazier now kind of reminiscing about the, the night before. He he talks about the walk on the beach. He uses a phrase here. He says the blanket of stars. Does that flag for you in any way, shape, or form? I don't want to say too much because I've just got a little little observation, but. Does do you feel? Did you notice anything about that phrase, "blanket stars"? I think it's quite other common, than it being a bit cheesy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite a cheesy common line. I thought it's, it's been used in a lot of rom coms. I think Maybe it I'm has, not. and it also gets used again in Frasier um, in the episode "Road Warrior" when they are toasting at the very end. Cool. Um, Niall says, "You know, how could we ask for, for great company? A blanket of stars." And then they sing "Old Lang Syne" and the and the wolf starts howling. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a phrase that is used more than once in the show, which some people listening might find interesting. But it just flagged to me, also because it's just a little bit cheesy. It um, is. So it is. for a walk on the beach to then use that afterwards. Yeah, just just phrase. You you've got what you wanted. You've got what you've got on this plane for. You don't need to lay it on quite so thick here. Um, <laughs> Bulldog is is having people over tonight. We learn as we transition to KSEL. And what is he doing? Oh, is he using his head to get um, crackers out of the machine or something? Is he always... crackers and cheese and what I can only assume is like the the vending machine equivalent of like Dairy Lee Dunkers, where you get the yeah the, yeah no lunchables. That's it. Where you have got like the cheese slices and the and little cracker this, bits. This is the scene where he says, "Do you want do you want some? I've got a little bit of feeling left in the other side of my head or something." <laughs> <laughs> um, and it just yeah, what this what this food must taste like? God forbid those who are going uh, around his house that evening. Um, Niles, do we have a little bit more? Is this where we have like Roz's kind of risk, risk you know, sarcastic well, this is, interplay? This is Roz's uh, part where he says, I, I, I presume you were hoping for a little action south of the border, which I thought was a brilliant line. The bit I absolutely adore of this KACL scene is Bulldog going, hey, it's an oxy, an oxy, an oxy. And she goes, more. And he goes, hey, I was going to get there. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Um, yeah, they, but neither of, them, neither of them believe him or when he says, you know, I don't kiss and tell or blah, blah, blah. They just immediately default to, oh, sorry, you struck out. Um, so it's probably a little bit, a bit, a bit annoying for Frasier, but also why are you that insecure that you need everyone to know that you made love on your trip? He could say, yes, I did. But he says, no, I didn't. Why Why literally lie there and say, no, I didn't? Just say, yeah, I met someone, but I don't know if I'm going to see her again. Doesn't he matter. Could, he could just relevant. say, yeah, oh, I, I well, met someone. Know. You know, yeah. leave it up to leave it up to their interpretation of yeah. what I met I can't someone. Say anything because I just can't. I can't say her name and I can't say anything about her and I can't say what I did. I'll just come back and say nothing happened. Yeah, exactly. Literally nothing. That's your whole hole. You're going to tell everyone nothing happened to help Kelly Easterbrook hide the fact that she's going to dump an NFL player. That's it's a simple it's a simple fix. Yeah. Um, Niles arrives at 1901. Martin is exercising. Uh, Eddie is sitting in Martin's chair. He's like, "Hello, Eddie. Good boy, Dad." Um, they discuss Frazier's concerning spur of the moment decision because um, obviously it is out of character what he's done, and you know they're rightfully reflecting on that. Um, Niles, now we have the line that you've just alluded to. You know, Frazier had no reservations, no luggage, yeah. no slumber mask. Um, no slumber mask. <laughs> have you ever used a slumber mask? That that would have been a better opening question. No, I haven't. I'll, uh, as you can see behind me, the windows open and the curtains are open. That's kind of how I sleep at night. The other half doesn't quite like it. I do have to close one curtain. So we've got a church across the road which you can't see, and they have a light on outside which apparently gets in her eyes. 
told her to face the other way, which she's not happy about. <laughs> but um, yeah, I quite like sleeping with a window open, and I don't mind having a curtain open. I sleep like, literally like I'm dead. So um, maybe I am sometimes. I don't know. But maybe. Yeah, I don't need a slumber mask. Certainly not. I like sleeping with the window open. Um, I, I I sleep with the curtains open if it's a ridiculously hot night. I just need to feel the wind and the air. Um, but I am, you know. A, a curtains closed kind of guy but also I, I quite like the idea of sleeping with the curtains wide open and having the slumber mask and then i've kind of got the option of both i think a friend of mine recently kind of did that um but yeah you always kind of get them complimentary on, on well you don't on planes i've been on but in film you get them on yeah. planes you get yeah. them in hotels whether or not people ever use them i'd love to know from listeners i've got one question for you actually in this scene and that's mm. Between Martin and Niles, and this isn't the only time they do this in the series, but is it charade or charade? See, this is the thing, because charade is is obviously the English pronunciation, or the British, and I, I'm fairly certain all Americans, as far as I was concerned, say charade. I've only ever heard charade in American film. absolutely love the fact they do this. I think it's only twice, but in different episodes, and Martin and Niles go, how long are you going to keep up this charade, charade, charade? And so, they they just... do, so this happens again? Yeah, there's another episode where this happens and it's Martin and Nars. I think it might be at uh, Nivosa they do it. And it's the same thing happens. Charade, charade, charade. And you think, what? why do you snap into this little thing? And no one even bats an eyelid. No one changes. No one smiles. It just literally, they do those three words and they carry on the sentence. Do you brilliant... think it's like a really subtle allusion to the fact John Mahoney is English? So it that's why be. he says charade. It's like a little crot, um, what's the word, you know, over the pond, back yeah. and forth joke. Yeah. Or is he um, just literally trying to pick on his son for once and try and be right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if any Americans out there say charade, please correct me if I'm wrong. I just I've only ever heard charade in American media that I've that I've seen. Um, Frazier coming in with a towel on his head now, fantastic! Just physical comedy. He looks hilarious. He's got his poir William. I don't even know what that is. Um, right. I do know what it is. Tell me. I hate to pick on the producers and the directors who made this episode. It's Poir William is actually a colourless brandy. Wow. That brandy in there has clearly got a colour in it. I presume they put that in there to show that he's drinking something because yeah. it wouldn't make a difference, but it's a clear brandy. And it's not that expensive. That is a really good observation. I love that. Um, but yeah, That's just you know, to look up what Poir William was. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> at least one of us is doing research. <laughs> I mean, there's truly nothing more relaxing after a long flight, Steve, is there than a bath, a little glass of Poir William. Um, you know, Fraser's really living the life here. He really does have some some lifestyle. Um, the lotion girl is how I believe Daphne remembers Kelly Easterbrook when he now re- reveals to them who, who he met and, and well, supposedly to them. Had a relationship. Her, her reason behind it is because a lot of people say I look just like her. To which Frazier <laughs> pulls that brilliant face because, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's so good because it doesn't cut back to Daphne. So the implication <laughs> is whether she sees it or not, it's just phenomenal. It's just like this complete dismissal of what she's just it said. It's a crane boys joke, isn't it? Fraser's so good. Bit. I wish this wasn't so much of a uh, an audio podcast because I love doing that. Face. Yes. <laughs> I've li- I've, honestly, I've put here Fraser's face of Daphne's comments. Incredible. Um, just so, so good. Um, in, in Nervosa, I believe, is, is the scene after this now. Um, is it Fraser? Is it Fraser or Niles who says modeling those swimsuits? She works at quite a thirst. 
I think it's Fraser because I think he's on the phone to the restaurant, isn't he? That's when he's getting his, is it Puy Frousset or, or yeah, the Scalier. I think he'd, have you already met her for a coffee? There's two coffee cups on the table. I only counted one coffee because Fraser finishes his, but there is mm-hmm. another coffee cup on the table. So I presume that's one of the incidents. She just missed her again. She's just, she's gone and now I'm going to book dinner later. So there we go but yeah i mean just another semi sleazy line about modeling those swimsuits she works with quite a thirst i mean just 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 give it up for a sec please right um i've put here charade slash charade which we've obviously got to fantastic little back and forth listeners which is it let us know um this is about this is like the slipper or blanket debate or the, the semi bottle episode we've had some real conflict potato gate we've had some oh, real potato gate. um honestly Corey, i'm so sorry if you're listening um Frasier is at dinner now with Kelly, though she has to leave, of course. The, the dramatic irony of this episode is she's always leaving as, as the others come through the door. Um, oh, my God. Okay, I didn't know out of context what my next quote was from. The waiter in this restaurant. Um, yeah, my wife and I struggled to conceive as well. Turned out to be me. <laughs> the complete... That's, uh, that's wonderful. Off you go. <laughs> The complete like invasiveness of his just like unsolicited fertility, you know, comments. Um, just you know, sorry to hear that, dude, but like not to the guy you're serving in a five star restaurant. Um, just the delivery of it turned out to be me, and his eyes, brilliant, so good. It's just another brilliant moment that Fraser can obviously get that. Thank you. Off, off you go. You go. <laughs> well then, off you go. Um, I Sorry, I say, sorry, I wrote down two lines in here, which I find absolutely hilarious. The first yeah. one is Daphne's entrance with, nobody's ever bought me caviar and I'm real. <laughs> really good, actually. Really good. I really like sorry, that. Sorry to do bad impressions of Daphne, but both times she's absolutely cracked me up. The other line is um, when they say Fraser's come back empty-handed and he says, empty-handed? I came back with two huge handfuls. Two huge handfuls. <laughs> Honestly, that's possibly the sleaziest <laughs> line of the episode. Um, that is so like just yeah, and honestly, pure objectification of, of poor Kelly. I um, say that you'd maybe say that in the uh, the locker room at the local sports center, but and not even then he shouldn't brother. be saying it. But still, your honestly, your dad and your physical therapist, just Fraser man, you need you just need to stop. Um, but that is a fantastic delivery. I've I've made a comment of that. Probably my funniest line of the episode. Do huge handfuls. Um, Martin and Niles obviously confront him now and, you know, just say, Frasier, let this fantasy go, etc. You know, we love you, Frasier. Um, I've got the, I've put, we love you, Frasier, slash Leonard Bernstein. Do those? So that's when he, I think they talk about the sloppy, well, that's when they go back to, got another one from Lenny. He, he says, um, Martin says, we love you. Daphne loves you. And Niles just goes, Leonard Bernstein. <laughs> Just leans in and puts those two words. That's why I put. That's why I put it together. <laughs> Leonard Bernstein. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, so yeah, just a really good kind of like the height of the of the kind of well, not the height that will be at the end, but it kind of comes to a head here that the drama about this fantasy. Um, back at, at nineteen oh one, now Fraser gets off the elevator and bumps into Kelly. She's just leaving him a note. Um, I don't understand why there's a near miss here. She was just leaving him a note and hasn't been in contact with him. So it sounds like she's in a bit of a rush or can't stick around. But then when he says, do you want to come in? She's free. And then he's ready to spend the night there. So I don't know. It's like she goes from suddenly, oh, I'm super busy. I'm leaving you a note. I've got no plans. 
Yeah, I could stay. We could have sex if you want. Yeah, I I could stay. Um, So she is off to the Galapagos um, for two two months, is it? Um, The Galapagos most famously written about by which man who is on the back of, I don't know, he used to be on the back of a pound, uh, one of our notes. Is it, it's not David Attenborough, is it? It's not, no, much older than him. I think he was on the back of the £10 note. Well, it's not Stevenson. He invented that rocket train thing, didn't he? Rocket train thing. I haven't got my wallet up here. I can't look on the back of a £10. It is Charles, Mr. Charles Darwin, who, of, of course, course yeah, he course. went to uh, the Galapagos, which I think is pretty much the, the impetus behind the theory of evolution. So well, there's, another, there's another in-joke about the Galapagos Islands. Fraser says the Galapagos Islands. We would say that. There's another episode where Martin says about traveling the Galapagos Islands. Galapagos Islands. And can't say Galapagos. Or is he correct? And we're all saying it right. Oh, no, no, no. I think the joke there is definitely Martin's an idiot. Um, But yeah, they're very, very true. A couple of of things going on here in terms of the pronunciation and recurring jokes. Um, So they spend the night together. Um, Frasier loses his mind, basically. Um, I think he reaches for the camera. Him, one, why does he look so unbelievably manic? And two, him pulling the duvet down is the sleaziest thing he's ever done in an episode. Pull like a bra strap off her as well. He pulls the bra strap down, the duvet down. It's really not good. But before we get... I want to go on the record and say we do not (laughs) condone Fraser's actions here. So can I just... I can't even get the words out of how bad it is. And I've never noticed until this rewatch, he gets the camera, he sort of walks over to the bed, he peels back the duvet and inches his way in. He crawls. He like, like slides. It, yeah, it is a slither. It is like a snake. He it really is a slither. His shoulder goes in, he moves his hip in, and then his legs both slide into the bed and he pushes his way up beside her, brings that like strap off her shoulder and then gets the camera and pulls the most shit-eating grin you can possibly do. Honestly, man, he he's looks like he's escaped from an asylum. It, do you know what? It's too, it sounds horrible. He's got sex offender written all over it, hasn't it's it? It's not good. He, well, he is. He's literally... This is the definition of sexual harassment. Um, it's, probably, world, it's probably a lot first. more than that. This I is, wrote down world's first selfie. Honestly, world's first selfie. Um, it's I've just not in any sitcom before of anyone holding a camera out like that and trying to smile into it. It wasn't going to be a good photo anyway. And who would no. want to see that? This is just so like deeply, yeah, deeply invasive. It's just not good. Um, I, did she save? Did you just take a picture of me? Is that what? Is that what he says? Absolutely not. Is that Absolutely not. <laughs> another phenomenal delivery from him, even if he has just been caught out being an unbelievable slave. Um, I have to point out, this isn't the first time a crane boy has taken a picture of a sleeping love interest. Things back it... to Travels with Martin. That's Charles true. has a camcorder and records Daphne sleeping. He what does. These boys, they say they've got ethics. I'm sorry, but it, to me, that is a no. You don't do that. You don't video women sleeping that you're trying to date or that you do date or anything else. You never do that. You never do it without anyone's permission. But yeah, like the, the videoing of Niles, like people might be like, oh, it's it's a little bit cuter, it's a bit sweeter. It's still, he's really doing it because of one thing on his mind. Yeah. Um, you know, and that um, a lot of people seem to forget this. Yes, they do fall in love. And yes, he has his sweet moments like in Moondance. 90% of what drives Niles in like the first five seasons is pure lust. But yeah, um, it's not how he starts yeah, it, is know, it. Lust ricocheting off the walls, as it were. <laughs> so um coursing through this lodge tonight. So 
Um, and no one's chasing me. No one's chasing me. <laughs> um, Frey, I've put here Fraser brother, not now. And he says, you think being a professional model, you know, trying to justify the fact that she should be confident in front of the camera. She shouldn't get bothered by this. Um, really, really terrible. Um, obviously, they all see him in his robe now. Martin's delivery of let's get you all to get see you get no, no, it says let's get your robe all cinched up just the way he's like grabbing you he's like oh i'm not crazy just it kills oh, me like there's two glasses oh two glasses of wine that proves it that proves it and then like daphne's like face again jane lee's has some real moments in this episode of like great she, comic timing she then almost does the same face that kelsey's done about her hasn't he she she turns around oh yeah that proves it her eyes are up she's looking away the accent comes even stronger do you know what I mean? Her, her voice just completely changes in that moment. Honestly, it's fantastic. Um, I hate to do this again. It goes on to Seinfeld for me. I don't know if you're too familiar. I know you're familiar with some of it. There's actually mm. a line that Jason Alexander delivers as George Costanza. And it's, hey, Jerry, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Which George actually believes is true. That As long as you believe it, then it's not a lie. It's not a lie, yeah. This, it just reminds me of this episode with the fact that Frazier just keeps convincing everyone that it's happening. They're all going, he's lying, he's lying. Well, he's actually not lying. They just think he is, and they're now actually convinced themselves that he's lying. And it's just, it just makes me laugh. The whole thing just going around. So good, so good. Um, Kelly returns. She says, you know, she uses the word slither, I think, yep. you know, like the other, sl- nothing as slock slithered out as slimy and repulsive as you, yeah. or what's she's this seen a lot of reptiles and crawled under a lot of rocks or something, is it? Not, no one's crawled out from under a rock quite like you have. Absolutely, <laughs> I mean, just a withering destruction of Fraser here, which is just what, what he's been begging for this episode, frankly. Um, his response, what do you think of me now? Well, and he's <laughs> the robe is open. He's just he's Hugh Hefner right now. He's Hugh Hefner. Puffing up of the pillows. And I've done it so many times. My missus has done things at home, like just like I don't know what I've done, like I've trained the dog or something like that. And I'll quite often just walk over, get a pillow and go puff, 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 <laughs> and then go, oh, what do you think of me now? What do you think of me now? <laughs> um, it's just Fraser's lines, some of the deliveries in this episode from Kelsey are absolutely phenomenal um, deliveries really strong opening episode of this season i think 100%. is it in your top 10 though that's a big question steve it's not it's not it's not in mine either though i want to go out on a limb and what was that what's the opening episode of season three uh she's the boss she's the boss and then the two mrs cranes i know you adore the two mrs cranes Yes. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is my favourite of the five openings we've had so far. Um, I just think it's... Frasier's a freak in it, but it's it's funny. This is it a is funny a episode. Very, very solid episode. I mean, I obviously, I've got my top ten. Uh, one of them is the season one closer. Um, and obviously, one of them is a season four opener. So, yeah, yeah I mean, this isn't, this isn't going to be in my top ten for openings of it well it will be so it's in my top 11 of the openings obviously yeah. um but yeah uh, the two mrs crane still beats it for me but it is i think it's a brilliant opening episode i find it very good the way they re-establish quite a lot you've got obviously they, they play on niles being the brother they show a lot about him being at work they show where nervosa is they use pretty much all the basic scenes although he was going to acapulco they still use nervosa they use 1901 they use kacl um they bring ros and bulldog in obviously because they were regulars to make sure they had lines and I like, 
I like the fact a lot that they actually show Daphne doing physical therapy with Martin. So again, establishing sort of if anyone hadn't watched season one to four, for example, and they caught this first opening episode, they're kind of establishing where everyone is. You see him as a radio psychiatrist, even though he's not working at KCL in the episode. You see him at home. You see why Martin's there. You see why Daphne's there. And obviously Niles is his brother. I just find it quite a re-establishing episode to open season five. So, yeah, it's definitely definitely a, a solid episode, like I say, just not in my top ten. I think, yeah, I think I hadn't even thought about that sort of stuff, Steve. I think that's just really, yeah, really on on hit the nail on the head there in terms of it absolutely just re-establish. It's like if you're new to the show, well, here's everything you need to know. Hmm. And here's a bunch of jokes while we're at it. Yeah, um, yeah perfect. Who have you gone for actor pick? I think it's got to be Kelsey. Um, I'll stop you right there and say, yeah, I've gone for Fraser, but you justify. I, I I can't pick anyone else. I mean, yeah, the others deliver some lines. Again, we've got Ros and Bulldogger in it for 30 seconds, maybe. Daphne has got some great lines. Niles has got his Leonard Bernstein. Um, and Martin is great, but I think Kelsey, the way his physical acting is, the punching of the, the pillows, the what are you thinking of me now, all this... He does sleazy very well. And I know we see some really cringeworthy acting later on with the Nanny G episodes when he's a baby and stuff like that. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen that one, but don't. Oh, yeah. It's coming. Um, I think he, his physical acting in this, you wouldn't expect almost. It's not the same as David Hyde Pierce's physical acting. It's not slapstick and it's not throwing himself around. It's that weird creepiness that he <laughs> yeah. delivers so well and so convincingly that he is a man on the edge almost, desperate to sleep with this woman. He is a man on the edge. And um, yeah, Kelsey knocks it out of the park for me on that. Do you know what he really reminds me of? I think he's he's like this in Halloween. He's mm. he's as sleazy when he's talking yeah. to that that woman who I think is that that's his actual wife at the time. Yeah, um, yeah, he's yeah. played by uh, is it Camilla Camilla Grammer? And she and he's like they're almost human, aren't they? Or she's like talking about like a dogs or something. Yeah, um, yeah, and like it's just the delivery of that line is just like in this episode. It's sleazy. It's creepy. It's phrase. I will correct myself, actually. I don't think it's Camilla. I think it's Camille Grammer. Camille Grammer, but there we go. Um, Kennedy Burling, Steve, a man on the ground. Is he prone to taking photos of the women he spends time with? Is this, <laughs> is this a crime? I don't, he, I don't even want to answer that. He's been guilty <laughs> of. Um, of course not. No, Kennedy would never do anything like that, would he? He's a, he's a proud family man, I believe. And uh, I have heard tell that he's never done this, but sometimes he will just, you know, get a sketch pad out and he'll just do a life drawing there on a Sunday morning when he's in bed. Um, that's not a sleazy to me. Um, I think his, right. wife, his wife yeah. consents and he does a little sketch right there and then. He's a, he's a wonderful artist, is Kennedy. Is it, is it charcoal or is it a 2B pencil? I mean, was I, think it, I believe charcoal um, from, from the fire that he burns himself in, in the garden. Um, whose crane is it anyway? All that remains is to play this, of course, before we go over to listen to mail. Um, I believe, Steve, I'm just going to double check this now, that the word funny is used only once in this episode. I want you to tell me who says it. Yep, I've just looked on KACL and I'm going by their notes. I'm going by my own head. I think funny is used only once. Do you know what? I think I could fit that in so many different contexts throughout mm, the other. I've run for a really hard one. I think it's Daphne. Do you? Yeah. It's Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> Frasier unlocks the door and says, Well, I hope you didn't put them all in one basket about the iguana eggs. Oh, yeah. And, she's, yeah, yeah. and then he laughs. Why does everyone think that's funny? Um, so there we go. Um, all that remains is to go over to Listener Mail. Shall we hop over, Steve? Let's get back on that plane. Let's, let's indeed. Um, so I don't think we've got that many, actually. We've got Cheeky Nonconformist, um, Cam Winston, MK. That's it. It's a pretty chill one this week. 
Hold on. Um, ping, ping me the link because I haven't got it. Oh, yeah, I don't think I've sent it to you. No, that's all right. You can either edit that out or just leave it in and people can just accept that that's how we do it. <laughs> oh, no, don't worry. I, I edit this bit out. Stand of Will sending Reddit link to Steve. <laughs> okay, let me know when you're ready to roll. Open link. Yep, go for it. Okay, so a very brief listener mail this week, actually, but it is the season opener, so that's absolutely fine. Cheeky Nonconformist, love the username, has said, OMG, I can't believe I missed this, this being the live episode. I was so looking forward to it, and I have no idea why the announcements, which I just found by going on your profile, never showed up in my feed. I'm really saddened by this, but I'm also excited to listen to this episode, and hopefully I won't miss the live episode for season five. So please, please, please hammer us with many reminders for the live episode next time. I'm certainly looking forward to season five. Keep up the great work, boys. So yeah, we, we posted on Facebook and Twitter and Reddit, um, which are our main, main ports of call but next time we'll try and just get it scheduled a month in advance or so there'll be yeah, I mean, ironclad yeah. we'll, multiple posts here and there we'll do what we can it's just difficult because we're not centralized to one platform um so you know it's it's tough um to get word out there but we do we'll what try we, we try we try we try i believe cam winston's next Cam Winston is next with Howdy Team. Let's begin with an apology. Hammy, I will not accept an apology off you, and I doubt Will will either. If you're no, absent. I won't. Get out. Um, I'll be back next season with bells on. I presume that's a dig at Mr. Hammy Winston, who was mute during the live. <laughs> he wasn't mute last night. Um, I was a little bit annoyed I couldn't dial in as I wanted to segue alive. Don't be silly, Big Willie, quote <laughs> Mr. Carroll, but alas, here we are. Lovely. Right, my favourite episode of season four. Well, it's hard to go past ham radio. Lock it in, my good chaps. Least favourite, let's throw some money at Roz's Krantz. I love Roz. I mean, look at her. But that episode, <laughs> not as good as the other 23 in the season. Oh, uh, skip down there, sorry. Along with my good pal Corey, running Trivia Corner has been and will continue to be a pleasure and a privilege. I love our wee posse, and I can't remember how many episodes we have done over the seasons, but it must be near or over 100 now. I feel included and needed in the running of the podcast. I know Corey is smitten with this too. To the fellow listeners, it feels like you're all right here with me listening and enjoying Fraser, even though I'm in the future down here in New Zealand. And that is true because uh, Hammy is something like 11 hours ahead of us. So good morning, Hammy, because it's now like nine o'clock in the morning. Good morning, indeed. Uh, he's put welcome to season five, Wilkie and just Steve. You're all lovely men, never change. Peace, lads, and as always, up the villa. How many of us are on the villa bandwagon now, Will? I think quite a few, actually. I think quite a few people who are listening now just look out for the fates and fortunes of our, our fair villains. I actually have a, a new manager at work today, the, the job I'm doing every summer. Um, started today, also a villa fan, so immediately had some common ground there. That was always useful. Um, really nice. Thank you, Hammy. Over to MK to see us out this week. Gentlemen, my capsule review of the recap, a kick that was simply heaven. A lovely little bit of a Gil Chesterton there. Trivia and fun bits for Fraser's imaginary friends. Martin says, we love you, as opposed to, yeah, yeah. very good. Brilliant. Always confuse me why Felicity and David have an empty seat between them. Even in pre-911 flights, that couldn't have been common, especially when the flight attendant says, this flight's usually packed. Spot on, spot on. Yeah. Also, Frasier only goes across the island up one row. Not sure how he was supposed to continue the ruse of ordering a kosher meal to get away from Felicity. <laughs> That's so true. It's such a bad excuse to get away. Why can't you just stand underneath the bathroom? <laughs> I forgot to order my kosher meal. Um, yeah, I don't know. Right, you know, 
his wife's Jewish and his son's Jewish, so that makes me no, I'm not Jewish. No, no, no I'm not. I can't say I am. Um, so I just, yeah, it's a stupid excuse. Well done, yeah, well done, Corey. Uh, Frazier gets to make the awkward side glance after Daphne says that some people think she looks like Kelly. Daphne gets to repay the gag when she patronizes Frazier after two yeah. wine glasses. Perfect, yeah, really good, and both some of the best moments of the episode, I think. Um, Daphne says she's never known Frasier to lie. What a crock, as uh, as he says. Very, Very true. Cool. Yeah, I mean, the episode Liar Liar, ironically, was packed with Frasier lying about everything in about that. Everything, episode. yeah. Uh, not to mention several other lies he tells women when he hides the dog in the bathroom, says he's vegetarian. I mean, the list goes on of how many times Frasier has lied. And apparently he then has that stomach problem, which we only... That you do better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He only has that in that one episode where his morals are a little bit crooked. But yeah, he can lie to his heart's content. It doesn't make a difference. Absolutely. Some wonderful trivia and fun bits there. And thank you, everyone, who did your trivia, who wrote in, who listened, who came to the live episode. We love you, not you. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'm just really excited for season five. The first disc of season five is unbelievably strong. We've got The Gift Horse, Halloween, The Kid, The 1000th Show, and Voyage of the Damned. That is... Care. That's probably like a desert island disc for me. Season four, I think, is a really good warm up to season five, which is a really good warm up to what I'd almost consider one of the best seasons, season six. Yeah, I think, I, the, I think the these, I think five and six are, are so good. Four, five, and six, I believe, are a peak, literally yeah. a peak in the show. Um, not saying it goes downhill after that. I just think it can't get any better than it it, it does in the next, I don't know, thirty, maybe forty episodes of the next two seasons. No, completely. And I'm looking at the list of episodes now. And yeah, I think for my money, five is probably my favourite season. But um, actually, no, mm, I don't want to say too much there. But five is certainly up there. Season six is amazing. I think seven is amazing as well. Um, six, six must be a very good peak for the show. It took Seinfeld's time slot, doesn't it? Six opens... Um, when they've just moved into the new time slot, which is why Frazier makes that speech at the start of season six, doesn't he, about uh, filling large shoes and, uh, you know, we're going to hopefully be very welcomed in our new time slot. So I presume that was where its prime then came on. But yeah, oh, that's so they, good. Yeah. So season if, five is definitely a very, very big warm up to that. If, if, yeah, if six is when they had the time slot, presumably we can say five is what which earned is, it them. Yeah, the yeah. six that led it to to take Seinfeld's uh, time slot in America. So. I always used to think this, even like as a kid, you know, when you like look on Wikipedia, like you, you see the table of like, I don't know, a season's ratings and you can see each mm. episode had certain things. And then like a certain episode will have like, say the episode that had the most views had like 10 million. Say it's like a Game of Thrones episode. I always think people don't know that that episode is going to be good. No. So does that mean if an episode has 10 million, the episode before it is yeah. technically the best episode of the episode season? Before it is, yeah, it's That's how I always worked it out. Um, it, it, going, off logic. It, going off on a different subject, I think, was saying about Seinfeld airing. I think when the finale of Seinfeld aired, I think it's King of Queens or is it Dharma and Greg? It's one of those two sitcoms. I can't remember. I think it might be Dharma and Greg. And Preston, if you're listening, you'll correct me because I think Dharma and Greg's one of your favourite sitcoms. I think they aired an episode at the same time as the finale of Seinfeld. And it's actually an episode that they have sex publicly or they joke about having sex publicly. And the reason they joke about it in their episode because they knew it was going to air at the same time as the Seinfeld. So they said... 
they actually joke about it like in the show. They say, well, no one's going to be uh, out in the park at this time because everyone's at home watching the Seinfeld finale. And they actually talk about it in the sitcom. <laughs> they mention no it. Way. It's such a big deal that having sex publicly will be safe because everyone will be at home watching the Seinfeld finale. God, I'm sure it's Dharma and Greg. I'll have to look it up at some point. Or listeners, if you if you know that, I'm sure it's Dharma and Greg, but it could be King of Queens. I can't remember. I've confused myself now. So. I love that. But yeah, love again, that. The, the popularity, like you say, is leading up to a finale. Clearly, like you say, it means the previous episodes must be good to bring in that much yeah, yeah, for that next yeah. episode. So be interesting to see what the top episode of season five's ratings were. What yeah, were. absolutely. I'm I'm already excited to, to do that. Yeah. Um, but next week we will be back with the gift horse. Um, until then, I've been Will. And I've been Leonard Bernstein. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.